I am excited for what God has for us. Are you excited for what God has for you tonight? Yeah. Amen. The past couple times that we've been together, you know, we, we've been really, uh, it's not really been a couple times. I feel like it's been a long time. We've been really talking about really, really pressing in and taking this, 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 this relationship with God to a serious level, actually pressing in to the realities of who God is. I, I've made it up in my own heart that I'm just going to obey God. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to hear from God, and then I'm going to obey God. Is anyone else in the room with me tonight? You just want to obey God? Cool. About half of you are with me. The other half, hopefully you'll get there. You guys going to get there? Yes, that's right. So we've been talking a little bit. We've been trying to get to a place of like how we conduct ourselves in the body of Christ, in a service, and even outside of a service. You know, as, as when people look at us, they should see a reflection of the one who lives on the inside of us, Jesus Christ. Amen? When people look at you, hopefully the way that you live your life should say something about you that's a little bit different than those that don't know Jesus. Amen? The way that we talk, the way that we act, the way that our demeanor is, that should exude, or like I talked about last week, ooze all the good things that God is because we've been with God. We wanna, we wanna get to the place that when we're with God, that we're receiving from God, and then we're also giving out what God has for us. Amen? That's not my message tonight. I don't know how I'm getting there, but it's just, just kind of happening. Tonight, uh, it's a little bit kind of a, an offshoot because now where we're at is now we're getting serious, right? We're getting serious about the things of God, amen? So when we come into this place, when we come into an opportunity to receive from God, we need to come with an expectation that God has something for us. Amen. Say, God has something for me. Have an expectation. You know, uh, many a time we've gone over the scripture in Matthew 7 where it says, ask and it'll be given to you. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. That is an expectation. That is the Lord saying, hey, if you knock, hey, if you come to me, know I'm gonna be there. Amen. God is saying, you can trust me. I I I'm putting this out there. So when you come to me, have an expectation to receive from God. Have an expectation to receive from your heavenly father. Have an expectation that God has something in the room for you. And even if he doesn't have, you know, this grandiose miracle or whatever it might feel like in your mind, but he always has something for you and others in the room. And so we set the atmosphere. We set that expectation by faith. We come into this place knowing that we are going to hear from God. We come into this place knowing that we are going to need a miracle or someone else in the room is going to need a miracle. So when we come in a corporate body with that same unity and that same mentality, everybody gets to receive. Amen. Because that's what God wants. He's an all or nothing kind of God. He wants anybody and everybody that wants a part of him to get some of God. Amen. So if you come in this place with zero expectation to receive from God, you're probably not going to receive from God because you have no expectation to receive from God or you have very little expectation of what your God can give to you. And I want big expectation. I want you to have big expectation. Amen? We're going to be starting over here in the book of Mark chapter five, you know, last week as we transitioned out of worship, I, I went into a little bit, uh, Mark chapter five is a really awesome 
portion of scripture, it's all about Jairus and his daughter who's dying and also the woman with the issue of blood. And so we'll be kind of talking a little bit about it. But essentially what to give you guys a little bit of backstory is we're gonna dive into the middle of the account. But essentially what's happened is Jesus was out doing his Jesus thing, you know, out on the way. <laughs> he is the way, so he's on his way doing his thing. And Jairus was like, hey man, my daughter's really sick. It's not looking good. Pretty sure she's gonna die. I believe who you are. I've heard about what you can do. Please come and minister to my daughter so she can be made well. And Jesus is like, you know what, dude? You're right. I can do that and I will do that. And then they went on their merry way and they were going through the town, headed that way to Jairus' daughter. And then in the middle of that, there was another woman who was in need of a miracle. And in the midst of all this time, on their way to Jairus' house, this lady cut in line. <laughs> she got her miracle because she knew and heard who Jesus was. And she thought to herself, if I could just touch his clothes, I can be made well. And so she had that thought in her mind. And then with that thought, she decided, I will go and I will go and do that. And when she did it, she did receive her healing. This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. Awful. Not a great time. Woman was in a bad situation. It was not looking good. It says that she spent so much money trying to get better that she didn't really have so much left. And then it even said that not only was she not getting better, she was actually getting worse. So she was out there, and this isn't even my message, but I could stop here and preach for a minute. She was going to every option that she could think of to try to get better. She was going to the doctors. She was going to her families. She was looking up on Google. She was on Snapchat. She was watching the latest TikTok trend to figure out how can I get rid of this condition? And then she heard about Jesus, about what he could do. And she knew who he was. So she had an expectation in her mind. She had faith to receive from God. And she got it. But then right afterwards, and this is where we're gonna pick up. This is where we're gonna pick up. I'm actually gonna read the Bible. I will actually read the Bible. Okay, Mark 5, starting in verse 35. It says, and while he was still speaking to her, Jesus, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. And Jesus overheard them and said, Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Do not be afraid. If God is who God says he is, that means that God can do what God says he can do. Faith is being divinely persuaded that God, is his, that God is who he says he is and that God can do what he says he can do. I believe that God is the God of the universe. I believe that he's the creator of all things. He made the seas, he made the trees, he made you, he made me. He, he made you, he made me. <laughs> That's so good. He made all these things so he in turn knows how to do this life. He made this life I have to live so he knows how I can navigate this life. I'm divinely persuaded that God is who he says he is. So I can't be afraid. I can't be afraid. I've got to have faith. In verse 37, it says, Jesus stopped the crowd 
And he wouldn't let anyone go with him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw how much commotion and weeping and wailing. And he went inside, why is all this commotion? Why all this weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him and he made them all leave. He took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying and holding her hand, he said to her, Talita Kum, I have no idea if I'm saying that right, but it means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. And they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told her to go and give her something to eat. I love this account so much because there's so much going on, but I love that at the very end, he's just like, make sure that you get this girl some food. She's hungry. She's been asleep for a long time. Clearly she needs some sustenance in her belly. Jesus is always down to eat, amen. Who likes to eat in the room? Anybody? I love a good burger. <laughs> but there's so many opportunities. There was so much opportunity for Jairus to be swayed of his expectation. There was so much opportunity for him to, not, to no longer have belief, to no longer have this confidence that his daughter would live. Now, when he first went to Jesus, Jesus was like, yes, we're gonna do it, we're gonna go. And they were on their way. And I can imagine in Jairus' mind, like, this is it, this is really happening. My daughter's gonna live, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be amazing. And then in that moment, your daughter's dead. <sighs> I mean, I, most people probably would just give up right then and there and be like, well, I, I guess it's, I guess it's over. You know, maybe you're like, you had this expectation that God's gonna rescue you or help you in a situation. And, and you know, cause maybe we're up here and we're like, God has an abundant life for you. And he's, he's been sent in this world to rescue Jeremiah 29, 11. He has a plan for you to give you hope, a future that's prosperous and good and an expected end. And you're like, yeah, but I just got in trouble with my mom and dad last week and I'm grounded for life. That does not seem like an abundant life, Cody. You're a liar. <laughs> I understand in that moment, you probably felt defeated. Or hey, maybe you found yourself and you're like, God, I believe in you. God, I believe in you and I trust you, but I keep finding myself back in this deep, dark place over and over again, going to these other sources, trying to get better, trying to get free. And I keep finding myself broken again and again and again, and I wanna give up. It's very tempting to give up when it looks like it's already over. And that's exactly why Jesus stepped in and said, look, don't be afraid. Don't focus on these outer voices. Don't focus on these outward circumstances. Look only to me, look only to Jesus. Focus on the word that I have said. I told you I would heal your daughter. I told you that she would live. Trust in him. Trust in him. We gotta set ourselves up to receive from him. You know, we're talking about 
setting an atmosphere of faith and, and really just coming in with that mentality of expectation. You know, we're about to enter into summer and it's about to happen, guys. I mean, it's already sprinkled in a little bit. Last week was freezing and then there was two days where it was stupid hot outside. I'm like, what is going on? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to wear. But in about three weeks, it's gonna be in the 90s. And sometimes it might even get into the hundreds and the humidity is gonna be so thick and it's gonna be so gross and it's gonna be so nasty. We're all gonna be up here sweating and crying and like, we love you, Jesus. <laughs> It's so hot, but we love you. That's gonna be us in about a month, okay? That's exactly what happens here in Alabama. But what's amazing and so wonderful is that we have air conditioning. Oh my goodness. The person that created air conditioning, they will receive a big, big reward in heaven. They're getting lots of crowns because they've done blessed all of us. So very much. We have all received from their wonderful gift of air conditioning. But what's so interesting about air conditioning is, is it can be 100 degrees outside, but when I come in the room, I've set my temperature, I've set my expectation of my home to the temperature that I want it to be to 68. Not always, because it's expensive. Just on the really hot days. And the normal days, I put that boy at 72. <laughs> because I want to save some money. But what I'm saying is I have an expectation when I come into my house, it may be hot, it may be gross outside, but it's going to feel good in my home. So when we come into an atmosphere, when we come into the presence of God, we need to start setting our expectation. We need to start setting our atmosphere of faith and we need to do it in a unified sense so that way we are all on the same page. Because in this count with Jairus, no one was on the same page. Everybody had their own opinion. Everyone but Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus was trying to get everybody to be on the same page with him. You saw it once when the crowd said, your daughter's dead. He said, no, 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 no. Leave your AC on 68. We're still headed. We're still going. I told you she's going to be healed. I told you she's going to be made well. And then they get to the house and then there's crying and there's weeping and it's looking awful because they're crying because it looks like she's dead. And he's like, guys, she's not dead. She's just asleep. And everyone starts laughing again. And they're like, this is crazy, Jesus. And he's like, no, get out of here. I mean, that's, that's what happened. He said, get out of here. Get out of here with your expectation that's against mine. Get out of here with your doubt and your unbelief. I can't work with this. I don't want to work with this. You don't want a miracle to happen? Then get out. You don't want to receive from God? Then get out. I'm not telling you to get out. This is Jesus telling you to get out. I'm, just <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But kind of. He wants to do miracles in your life. He wants to do miracles in this world. He wants to do things for his children. He wants to help us be better people. <laughs> and he wants us in all that we do, bring glory and honor to the kingdom of God. And I believe that that happens in a multitude of areas of our life, but it really starts with an expectation it really starts with this belief that God is who he says he is and that God can do what he says he can do. 
So when I come into this place and I need a miracle, I'm coming to expect to receive it. If I come into this place and I need correction in my life, I've had some sin going on in my life, I come ready to receive my correction. If I don't have, I need an answer, I have a situation going on, I don't know what to do, I come ready to receive from my God. And if I come into this room and I don't need anything, I come expecting to receive whatever he has for me. You know, we talked about in Ephesians 3.20, it was my favorite verse that's come out this year, you know, as we've been doing like scriptures with our family, you know, we do monthly memory verses. In Ephesians 3, 20, it says, glory to God who is at work within us. He is able to accomplish more than we could ever ask, think, or even imagine. And the way that the Lord challenged me with that verse this year is get out of your head. Get out of your mind, get out of your thoughts and get in the book, get in the word, get in, his, get in his language, get in his thoughts, his ways better than my ways. The way I can think about something, it says that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So I can have an expectation. And yes, I, 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 I set this expectation that he's going to pour out his love. I set out this expectation that he will provide, that he will deliver, that he will redeem, that he will heal. And then I have an expectation for that, but then God will always go above and beyond anything we could ever ask or think. So if it looks like the daughter's already dead, Jesus says, I can do more than you can think. I can go over and above and beyond what you can even possibly imagine. His power is greater than we can actually even fathom. He's a powerful and mighty God. And so she'd always set that expectation to receive and hear from the powerful and mighty God, amen? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for and is the evidence of the things that we cannot see. Faith puts us in a place to where we can see our expected end before we even have it. God can say your daughter is going to be made heal or made whole and that she will live and we can know that he's going to do it before we even see it in our natural mind. That entire time Jairus, Jairus was following Jesus around in the town, I imagine being like, this is really cool that that lady's getting her healing, but we still got like an hour and a half walk, Jesus. Can we wrap this up? You know what I mean? Like, can we get moving? Can we get going? Because I got... My daughter's on the line here, you know what I mean? And so there's probably these thoughts that are going on in his mind. He's probably combating and fighting with those thoughts. But then Jesus says, don't be afraid, only believe. And because he stuck to that belief, because he stuck with Jesus, he was able to receive the promise that Jesus gave him. His daughter now lives. I mean, not now, that was like, you know, 2,000 something years ago. I'm sure she's way dead, way gone. In heaven now, that's right, TJ, in heaven now. That's what I like to believe. John 15, six through eight, out of the New American Standard Bible, it says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so you prove to be my disciples. 
And when I was reading this today, that, that word remain really kept coming up of if we remain in this word, if we live in this word, and in the last week we even talked about how some translations say, if you continue on, if you, if you follow through with this word, so if we stick and stay with the word of God, if we, if we stick and stay in this expectation to receive from God, it says we can ask for anything in his name and it'll be given to us. But then apart from him, we can do nothing. And so if we come into this room with an expectation to partner up with God, we're gonna receive from God. But if we come into this room with zero expectation or very little expectation of who God is and what he can do, we're only gonna be able to receive where we're at. I, I, wanna, I wanna receive everything that he has for me. I wanna remain in that truth. I'm gonna remain that, that he is the abundant God, that, that he can do exceedingly above anything that I could ever ask or think. I wanna believe and know in my heart when I come into this place that I'm going to remain in that promise no matter what it looks like because Jesus always follows through. So even in this time, maybe you've come into this place, maybe you've come in here Wednesday after Wednesday with this expectation and maybe you didn't quite get what you thought you were gonna get, but this is what I do know. This is what God is trying to say tonight. Do not waver in that word. Do not waver in that because the expectation, the, the, the promise is coming and it will come to pass because Jesus is the promise keeper. Keep your expectation high in him. Amen? Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3 out of the ESV. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. Blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed is the man or the woman that doesn't listen to the outside voices. Blessed is the man or the woman that doesn't listen to the doubt and the unbelief. Blessed is the man or the woman that only listens to the way, the truth and the life and only holds to that truth because they are the ones that get blessed. His delight is in the law of the Lord. That word delight doesn't mean like, hey, the law of the Lord just makes me happy. <laughs> no, that word delight, when you take it back to the Greek, means that, that these people that, 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 that don't listen to outside voices, these people that trust in God more than themselves or other people, those are the ones, these people are the ones that delight in him, meaning that they take it seriously. This word delight means that they consider it valuable. They consider it a word that matters to them, that it carries weight in their heart. People that I trust in my life, people that I've sown my life into and they've sown their life into me, I trust them. I trust their word. So when they ask me to do, or when, they, when I ask them to do something, they tell me they're gonna do it. I don't have to keep checking back with them because I know that I can trust them. And God is the same way. He's saying, you can trust me. You can trust me 
with your anxieties. You can trust me with your fears. You can trust me with your burdens. You can trust me with your vulnerability. You can trust me with this issue that you've been going on in your life. You can trust me with this habitual sin that you keep doing day in and day out. You can trust me with that and I can help you. Set an expectation that God is who he says he is. You know, Psalms 1 says that he's planted like a tree at a riverbank. That's a pretty committed situation. I mean, when you really wanna grow a plant, when you really wanna glow a tree, grow, glow, when you really wanna grow up a tree or a, some type of vegetation, you put it in the ground and it stays in the ground. Like if you want it to do well, you put it where it's gonna get the most sun, you put it where you can water it regularly, you put it where you can see how it's doing so you can check on it and it stays there. And as long as it gets taken care of and it gets all the nutrients it needs, it's going to grow up, its leaves never wither, it is fruitful in all that it does because it is committed to that position. We as believers, we have to come to ourselves and say, hey, when I plant myself in the body of Christ, when I plant myself in a service with God, when I plant myself in his presence, when I plant myself in front of his word, when I plant myself in worship in the car, I will receive from my God. But if we're constantly shifting and we're uneasy and we, 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 we step in, and then we step out because we kind of, and then we step in and we're just unsure. And so we walk away for a little bit. And we're like, oh gosh. And then, we, and then we step in, we're like, oh, maybe he's gonna do it now. And then we walk away. That's not being planted, guys. You can't expect to grow. You can't expect to receive. Like if I put a, a plant in the ground for a day or two and then I pulled it out of the ground and then I was like, oh, let me put it back. Let me see if it'll grow today. And then, and then I let it there and nothing's happened. It's like, oh, let me. Let me pull it out of the ground. Let me put it like God is saying, no, we have to understand that we have to plant ourselves in this truth. We have to be firmly rooted in who he says he is. And every single day, set our faith, set our expectation that we are walking with the Lord God most high and that he is able to help us in all situations. So my encouragement to you guys tonight as you leave these four walls, as you interact with God on a personal level, set your expectation high in him. Set your expectation that you will receive from God. Set your expectation that you will hear from God. Set your expectation that your family will come back to know the Lord. Set your expectation that you will receive your healing. Set your expectation that you will be delivered. And he'll reward you for your diligence. He'll reward you for those that remain. He'll reward those that diligently seek him. He'll reward those that put his ways over their ways. I don't really set my expectation for me. I set my expectation in God. My expectation's not in me. My expectation's in him. See, Jairus, he knew he couldn't do anything. That woman with the issue of blood, she did try everything. Jesus was the only one. Jesus was the only way. And one last thought for you all, you know, in that account, you know, towards the end, it was them in the room. Jairus, 
Jesus, the handful of disciples, the best ones, <laughs> potentially, allegedly, <laughs> the ones that had their expectation that in the right place, the one that actually had the faith to believe that Jairus' daughter could be made whole again. He took those with him because Jesus knew he needed the atmosphere to be set. He needed people that were gonna be on his side that were gonna believe with him rather than believe against him. You know, there's a scripture, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 15.33, I wanna say, bad company corrupts good morals. The company you have can set your expectation whether you realize it or not. If you are hanging out with the mockers, if you are hanging out with the scoffers, if you are hanging out with the people that come to church and they're like, ah, I'm just here to do my thing and go home. I don't really believe in all that God stuff. I, you know, it's whatever. It's cool and all. God loves me, it's fine, you know. But that mentality if those are the people that you surround yourself with day in and day out or service in, service out, eventually it's gonna rub off to where you can find yourself being in unbelief. You can find yourself being in doubt. And that's why Jesus was so quick to cut it off on Jairus when, when people started immediately talking doubt, immediately talking unbelief. He said, no, 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 no. Jesus, Jesus even heard it. He said it, he heard it and he ignored it because that's what we're supposed to do. If we hear it, we ignore it and we move away from it. And when Jesus got in the home of Jairus, there was still doubt and unbelief in the room and he said, get out! And it was just him, the girl's family and the disciples. And then they set the expectation. They set the atmosphere. And when the expectation was set, the atmosphere was set, everyone was in unity. Jairus' daughter healed whole, walking, dancing, eating, <laughs> living once again. God wants you to live the absolute best life. And I'm not saying that absolute best life means always easy, always wonderful. No, but it is the best life that he's created for you. It is the abundant life. You shall not lack. If you do need, you can ask it in his name. We position ourselves, we plant ourselves in him and we keep our expectation in him. We set our faith, divinely persuaded that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. Amen. I wanna pray for you real fast if you'll bow your heads. Father God, I just thank you for this time that we have to come together and grow in you, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're dealing with all of us right now. Maybe we've had our expectations pretty low or maybe we've had zero expectations at all. And God, I pray that you start to challenge us. You start to stretch us in that area of our walk with you. Give us the desire to seek you. Give us the desire to ask. Give us the desire to knock on your door so it can be open to us. Give us that expectation. Help us with that expectation. Help us set the atmosphere in our own hearts 
God, I pray that if there's anyone in the room right now that maybe they have been struggling with doubt and unbelief because of maybe in some ways, maybe they feel like you failed them or maybe they feel like you have broken your promise and I pray right now that you're reminding them that you haven't failed them, that you haven't forgotten their needs, you haven't forgotten their wants and their hurts and their pains and their worries and that you're right there with them. And if they could trust you, if they could put their life in your hand, if they can set an expectation, they can receive from you again. Just thank you for it, Lord.